Let's turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. We'll begin uh, there this morning. Now, uh, I'm going to try to hurry. Zach, man, put me on the spot this morning. And uh, uh, I don't, hopefully my wife didn't hear it. He brought me some cookies this morning, and he said if I don't finish early, that he's going to take them back. So I'm on the, so I'm on the spot because I need those for coffee time this afternoon. So, but uh, appreciate Zach doing that, even though it was a conditional blessing, a conditional blessing. I appreciate that. And, huh? Right, yeah, right, 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 why she, why she sneaks in there and steals those. But uh, I, I want to give a, I was trying to decide whether to say anything, but I, I want to give a praise. Uh, I got a, a blessing this week. Um, my uh, hometown newspaper uh, they uh, uh, put a story uh, of, uh, of me in the newspaper this week. You know, made the front page of my hometown newspaper. But that's not the big thing. But here's, here's why it's a blessing to me, right? Not just being in the newspaper. But, you know, I left my hometown right after I graduated high school. And so the last time the people that saw most people, those people saw me is what I was like, you know, back in uh, 1983, and, of course, you know, my testimony of, of high school and my younger age and all that. And so they, uh, what they were marking was the, the 40th, this is, uh, 40th anniversary back in 1982 when I rode my uh, bicycle to the World's Fair and back uh, to raise money for cancer. But though my uh, complete testimony, though my testimony is not in the article, they, I got to tell, you know, a little bit about uh, some missionary stories. They put a couple pictures in there from my uh, missionary trips and then put in there that I was a pastor now in Greenville, South Carolina. So the reason it's a, a, a blessing to me is that even though my full testimony isn't in there, that people that uh, knew me back then and know me from my hometown, that they can see that my life has changed. It's clear in there that my life has changed uh, since I left there. And so in that, they can see the testimony, of course, you know, knowing that I did mission work and that I'm a pastor now. So obviously, <laughs> uh, they know that, uh, you know, I've trusted Christ. And so, you know, I heard from one of my old friends yesterday called and then uh, uh, my relatives that I don't get to see very often and uh, witness to, uh, you know, my niece posted it on her Instagram. You know. But again, it's not about that, but it's the fact that being able to give a testimony you know, to my hometown of my changed life. And so I'm very thankful that the Lord allowed me to give a, a testimony of my changed life and what happened to me after I left my hometown and then what, I, what, the, Lord's, what the Lord's done. So if I'm bragging, I'm bragging on the Lord because there'd be no story to tell if it wasn't uh, for Him. And so I want to give the Lord uh, the glory for that, that I can give a testimony of a changed life that after I left there, I got saved and that my life has been uh, uh, serving Him uh, since I left my hometown, and I'm very uh, thankful for that. And of course, I, I sent a link to, uh, um, oh, I always got something in my mouth when I'm talking. But uh, uh, Elizabeth, is this your friends coming in? All right. And, and so, uh, but I, it was kind of funny, I sent a link to Preacher Alverson, you know, and I, so I said to him, I said, because the, the story talking about a changed life, I said, well, you know, because of you, there's a testimony to tell you know, the Lord used you to change my life. And uh, he wrote back, hallelujah. And then I wrote back to him. I said, think about it. If I wouldn't have met you, 
this is joking, of course, I'd be a, I'd be a, a, a world-class, world-famous, wealthy cyclist. So thanks a lot, right? And, he, and then I waited, and then I, after I sent that text about if it wasn't for you, I'd be a, a wealthy, world-class, well-known cyclist. Then I hesitated so he could get that, and then I wrote back, I'd rather have Jesus. Amen? I'd rather have Jesus. And uh, so I probably would have crashed my bicycle, never made it anyways. So. But, uh, but I just want to thank the Lord that I was able to give testimony to my hometown that God changed my life. Amen? So thank the Lord for that, to be able to give that testimony. All right, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And, well, there went one cookie. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 says this. For yourselves, brother, know our entrance in unto you, that it was not in vain. Now verses 9 through 12 say, For you remember, brethren, our labor and travail, for laboring night and day, because we would not be chargeable unto any of you, we preached unto you the gospel of God. Your witnesses, and God also, how holy and justly and unblameably we behaved ourselves among you that believe. And as ye know, how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you, as a father doth his children that ye would walk worthy of God, who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. Let's pray. Father, again, Lord, we give you the praise and honor and glory, and thank you, dear God, uh, for each one of us that give the testimony, Lord, that we've been changed through the power of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, whatever's been done in us, whatever's been done through us, since the day we got saved, Lord, we, we give you the praise and honor and glory. For we realize without you, we can do nothing. And so we thank you for that. Well, we pray if there's somebody listening today or somebody here today that's not saved, God, that you would work in that heart. And even today, dear God, what a great day, Father's Day, be a great day to receive a heavenly Father by being born again through the power of the death, burial, resurrection, and shed blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, again, we thank of those in need. Lord, we thank of Sister Sherry this morning. Lord, please touch her. And Lord, the, the leg situation, Lord, please heal that or give the doctors a wisdom, Lord, that that would be healed. And uh, Lord, she'd be able to go about uh, her life and be able to be back here with us. Lord, please bless Sister Sherry. Lord, uh, we thank of uh, Lisa and Lynn Sargent's mother this morning. We thank of Sister Carpenter. And Lord, others that have been mentioned, Lord, please uh, touch them this morning, dear God, that physical need. Lord, we thank of people that have financial needs. We think of our young people and uh, what's going on in their life at this uh, age and stage. Be with those traveling. Lord, we thank of Priscilla and uh, David and Mary and John and Lydia, uh, the Baruchs, the Veracruzes and others, dear God. Lord, we think of Sister Karen this morning and Sister Barnett. We think of Sister Clark. Just so many, God, that are upon our heart this morning, Pam and Sonny. Uh, dear God, Lord, we just uh, lay them at your feet, dear God, and ask you to do what only you can do and uh, uh, continue to help and strengthen Sister Sarah. So, Lord, we commit these things to you. Now, help us, Lord, as we look at this thought this morning from your word, Lord, that it would help your people and glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. So we're talking about fathers this morning, the title Father. And what a privilege. That is a privilege title. Amen. I'm thankful uh, for uh, there's a, 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 at least a few people out there. Amen. Three uh, precious uh, daughters, silk and steel. Amen. Uh, they call me father. And if you're a father uh, this morning, no doubt you consider that a privileged title. 
And so notice uh, we see that uh, title here in verse 11. Notice this statement in verse 11. When he talks about how he went there, he says, as a father, as a father. So here, Paul here compares him, the way he conducted himself. He compares the way he conducted himself when he went there among these in Thessalonica as to the way a father, look at this, as the way a father, we could say, is expected to conduct himself before his children. He just assumed that this is the way a father would conduct himself among his children. And so he said, well, so that's why he say he could look at the way he conducted himself. Well, hey, that's the way a father would do. And so I conducted myself as a father among this, uh, these people. Of course, God also used this phrase concerning himself. God used this phrase concerning himself. Let me give you a couple verses. Psalm 103, verse 13. It says in the word of God, like as a father, as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. So, of course, we know his, uh, he's our heavenly father, but he also likens to that as a, he likened him the way he does among his children, as the way an earthly father should conduct himself with his children, pitying his children. Proverbs 3.12 says, For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth. Even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. Right? You say you love your children. Well, then you're correct them. That's still uh, uh, the right thing to do in 2022. Amen. Uh, discipline and correct children. So what a wonderful thing that uh, not only do we see Paul using that phrase and example as a father, but even our heavenly Father using that example uh, with an earthly father. So notice again, verse 1, I mentioned before that this chapter is one of my favorite chapters. I called it my uh, uh, philosophy of ministry is found in this chapter, if you will. But again, verse 1 says this, For yourselves, brother, know our entrance in unto you, that it was not in vain. And again, I like this because he says, hey, when we came to you, hey, our time was not wasted. The time that we spent with you was not wasted. Something was accomplished. It wasn't a, a vain time period. And I thought about that. And of course, again, in context, Paul is speaking of his time and efforts there in Thessalonica. But if we think of uh, being a father this morning, as a father, we may pray the same thing. Lord, please don't let my efforts as a father, Lord, as I'm trying to raise my children for you, Lord, I want to be able to say uh, the time period that my children spent in the home, amen, before they launched out, amen, uh, that it was not in vain, that something was accomplished in their lives to your honor and glory. What a wonderful testimony that would be able to have. Paul said this to his spiritual children in Philippi. If you want to look at that verse, uh, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 9, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 9. Notice what Paul says to these in Philippi. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. What a wonderful thing to be able to say to somebody, hey, the things that you've learned and received and heard and seen in me do. That means he set a fine example. 
That word learn comes with this thought, things taught with a moral bearing and responsibility. So we need to realize, right, especially in this day and age, right, that's waxing worse and worse and worse, that as fathers, we have a responsibility, amen, uh, to teach our children uh, things that will have a moral bearing, amen, and a moral, uh, uh, and let our children understand they have a moral responsibility, right, uh, in this world. They should learn that from us as fathers. Then it says, receive. That means things taken into one's possession, right? Hey, listen, the things that you, the things that you learned from me, amen, the things that you received from me, I'm glad you took them and made them your own. And that is our desire as a father. We want our children to take the things that uh, we teach them, that we pass on to them, right? We want them to make it their own, uh, to be like them. And heard given attention to. Hey, I pray that uh, uh, children, as, uh, as you've come up uh, in this home, as I've tried to teach you things, as I've tried to pass things on to you, I pray that you were paying attention. And again, they became part of you. And then seen the things which you know by my example. He says these things, what do do not just on a uh, just not once in a while, but that word "do" comes with this thought. Make it a continuous action in your life. Make it a continuous action uh, in your life. So Paul said this to them, and as fathers, we want to be able to say that to our children. Don't we want to be able to say that to our children? Hey, children, uh, 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 listen. You're you're a young man now. You're a young lady now. You're getting ready to step out. Now you got to sort of discover what God has for you. But I hope that I can say is uh, uh, you being raised in this uh, Christian home that we can give testimony. I can give testimony as a father and, and we can say uh, mother as well that the things that you've learned, the things that you've received, the things that you've heard, the things that you've seen. Right. Sure. We weren't perfect, but I pray that we set some type of example for you and that you will make these things that you've uh, learned part of the daily activity of your life. And we're not ashamed to say that as your parents. I'm not ashamed to say it as your father. And that's a good question to ask. Would, would the thought of your children being like you make you nervous? Does that thought make you nervous? Doesn't make me nervous because Eric says that to Sharon all the time. You're just like your dad. You're just like your dad. So at least one of them, at least one of them got it, amen. Okay, we'll stop there, right? But a father is responsible. Boy, that's the key word, responsible. We need to realize that as a father, we are responsible to watch over our family and make sacrifices for their welfare. And that's what Paul did, right? Wherever he went, right? He watched over those that God put entrusted him with, right? And he sacrificed for their welfare that they would be moved along in the things of God. Notice that verse 10, it makes this statement. He's talking to him, says, ye are witnesses. Ye are witnesses. And we need to remember as fathers that our children are watching and observing our testimony. They're witnesses to how we're living on a daily basis. And notice how, notice how he says, uh, he wasn't ashamed to say how he, he lived among them. Notice what he says in verse 10. You are witnesses, and God also, so our children are watching, and our Heavenly Father is watching. How, notice these words, holily, justly, and unblameably, we behaved ourselves among you that believe. 
Well, that's a good example. As a father, can we, can we say that as our children uh, watched us grow up? Hey, listen, sure, they're going to see we're human. Sure, they're going to see our frailty. But through that, can they see the desire of our heart before them and for God, before God is to live holy, justly, and unblamely. That holy, I like, this speaks of how true we are to God. We do our children and say, hey, listen, dad wasn't perfect, but, uh, but, but I could see in his heart that he wanted to be true to God. He wanted to live a life that glorified God. He wanted to do the will of God. He wanted to live his, he wanted to lead his family in a way that was well-pleasing to God. He lived holy, right? He lived a heart, amen, and had a life, right? And he was true toward God, justly. I believe this speaks how, he, being, how we're true toward men. Listen, uh, uh, dad, he, he, he tried to live his life, right? True toward God. And then I watched how he, how he interacted with others. He went, you know, he, he, he didn't, uh, I didn't see him uh, act one way in front of somebody's face. And as soon as they were gone, oh yeah, well, let me tell you the real thing about that. No, uh-uh. he, he, he was true before men, right? He was sincere in his interactions uh, with men. When he, when he, when he, when he was interacting with men, he was, he was honest. Those that he interacted with, he tried to add value and, and strengthen them. And like we saw with Jonathan and I, he tried to strengthen their hand in the Lord. He tried to be there for his friends. He tried to be the, there for those uh, that uh, uh, God brought into his life or allowed him to be a witness to, right? He lived justly. He lived true before men. And then blameless. This speaks of how true we are toward ourselves. Amen? Dad, hey, you know, uh, dad is just, listen, again, he may not be perfect, but when you met dad, you met dad. Amen? He was true about who he was. He was true toward uh, himself. And what a wonderful thing that is. That's, that's the kind of testimony we want to have as fathers. We want to be true toward God, right? We want to be true toward God. We want to be true toward man. We want to be true toward ourselves. So he says, I exhorted you. That means to, that means to give encouragement, to give admonition for the purpose of establishing and strengthening one in the faith. And no doubt that was Paul's intention as he went there. And as fathers, that should be our intention as we raise our children, right, to exhort them and give them the admonition. We want our children, right, before they step out, to be established and strengthened in the faith at whatever age and stage they might be in our home. You see, when we give that, that exhortation, it challenges people. It's challenging people to obey God's word and warns them of the consequences of not doing so. That is our responsibility as a father, right? To challenge our children. Like I used to say, I, 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 I discipline my children, right? Disciplining my children, we discipline our children so they listen when they were in front of us. And then we prayed for them so that hopefully they listen when they were in front of us, right? And that's what we want to do, right? Uh, to, to challenge them to obey God's word and warn them, listen, listen. Hey, I'm glad you're listening while you're in the house, but one day you're not going to be in the house. And I hope you're still obeying God's word because if you don't, son, if you don't, daughter, you need to realize there's consequences to being disobedient to God. 
Fathers must teach their children that there are consequences in this life. Of course, the world's trying to do away with consequences. You know, hey, just do whatever you want. Let each man do what seemeth right in his own eyes, right? And uh, they're trying to do away with consequences. Well, we need to make sure that the children we're sending out to this world understand there are consequences when you're not obedient uh, to God's word, when you're not obedient to God's moral laws, when you're not obedient to God's precepts and principles in your life. And then he says, comfort them. Think about this. When you, when, you, when you look at a biblical comforter, which is what we want to be to our children, a biblical comforter. Now, here's what a biblical comforter is not. He's not just one that comes by to say a nice word. You know, the world, you see, they have no truth. They have no answer. So they just, just come by and give a little pat on the back and say a little nice something. That's about uh, maybe the best the world can do. But we, right, we in truly designed to, to comfort our children, right? We come to teach challenge and empower them, amen, in their walk for God. A, 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 a biblical comfort, comforter when he comes, right? He comes with a right motive in your life. Listen, uh, we, we need to remember that when we interact with people, right? We come to comfort them. We come with a right uh, motive. And it's how much more do our, our children and a, a, a biblical comforter, he stands with you. He's there to keep you company and give you strength. Now, doesn't that sound like a father? That's what a father's there for. Amen. Uh, ch our children need to realize that whether uh, the time period they're in the house, of course, they expect us to stand with them. But we want them to know when they step outside the house that we still stand with them. Amen. We still want to be a vital part of their life. We still want to be a vital part, amen, of giving them strength and guidance through life. That's the way a father should be. Amen. He should be an exhorter to his children, a comforter to his children. Right. That's what we want to be. Paul's goal, like a father's goal, when he went among these people, Paul's goal, like a father's goal was what? Well, you read it here and you understand was to, to impart sound teaching. That's what we want to impart to our children. Amen. We have that. That's why a family altar is so important. Right when I look back, and now that my children are, are grown, what are some good memories? Our family altar time, praying together, and and, and praying for missionaries together, and praying for other people, and, and sitting around uh, the Word of God. That's our job as fathers to impart the sound teaching. Listen, of course, we bring them to church. But listen, we don't just rely upon the pastor. We don't just rely upon the Sunday school teacher. We realize that we have a part in that as a father to impart sound teaching to them. Our job is to develop Christian character, right? We want to develop Christian character in our children. It's our job to teach them the principles of a right life, not just the principles of life, but the principles of a right life, and to teach them the importance of of and encourage them submission to the will of God. They realize, listen, uh, as you're growing up and you get ready to step out, son, daughter, God has a will for your specific life. And I encourage you. I'm 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 so thankful, right? That uh, uh, that I have I have the card. My speaking of when I graduated high school, my grandfather gave me that card, and I still have it in my desk. Even though I didn't get saved till four years later, my grandfather encouraged me, Jeff. 
And it says, he starts off, I'm glad you graduated high school, but there's a thing called the will of God. And you can know that, Jeff, for your life. Amen. And so it didn't mean much to me when I read it at first, but, for, but after I got saved and 30 something years later, 40 years later, it means something to me today. And boy, we want the, the, our children to know that, hey, that they can look back right? When they think of dad, it's dad that encouraged me to do the will of God for my life. It's dad that instilled Christian character in me. It's dad that taught me the principles of life that imparted this sound teaching to me and be thankful for that. So notice again, it says, as a father doth his children. And how is that? How's a father supposed to do that? Of course, lovingly, caringly, and then also being serious-minded. Hey, you know, nobody likes to joke around as much as I do, but when it comes to teaching these things to our children, part of these things, we do it with a serious mind and a serious heart. Like a father should, right? Of course, they're not going to get it the first time. Hey, any of you get it the first time? What, what, what do we say? God's still working on me to make me what I really ought to be, right? They're not going to get it the first time. And so that way, like God shows to us, we need to show it to our children as we, as we guide them along with patience and tenderness. So as a father, he spoke with conviction. He spoke with conviction, how? From his own knowledge and experience with his walk with God. And that's how we need to be able to pass it on to our children, right? We need to be able to share with our children our experience with God and how God has worked in our life and guided us in our, in our uh, walk with him and be able to say, uh, a child, as God has been with me and guided me, as I've tried to leave my home, God will lead you and guide you uh, as well. He'll be there for you, giving that, right? As a father, again, he spoke with conviction, and we should be able to speak with conviction about our knowledge of the things of God. We should be able to speak with conviction about our personal experience with God as a father. I'll give you a couple of verses here. Proverbs 1.8 says this, that the father was able to say this, my son, hear the instruction of thy father. Listen, uh, listen, son, I've got some things to, to tell you that are going to help you in life. Proverbs 4.1, hear ye, my children, the instruction of a father. See, the father is, is uh, leading off with the instruction that's his responsibility as the head of his home. Proverbs 23, 22, hearken unto thy father. That begat thee, uh, the admonition is hearken. So we see that responsibility that as a father, we should be doing these things according to the word of God. Notice verse 11. I'm trying to hurry, Zach. Verse 11, notice what it says. As ye know... Again, how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you. Look at this. How? As the Father uh, doth his children. Notice that statement in there. Every one of you. Every one of you. Now, we know that he started off, of course, we know he's speaking to the whole church. Right? We know he's speaking to everyone. But then he emphasizes, but hey, remember, not only did I speak to the whole church, but hey, I had some time with each one of you personally. I took some time with each one of you personally. Well, what a great example that is as a father. Sometimes children need individual attention. Sometimes children need individual instruction. We understand that each child has their own distinct personality. Can I get a witness? Amen. Right? We know that. Amen. Each one of our children 
are different. And like our Heavenly Father, He knows us each individually, right? We know that. He understands how each one of us are on an individual basis. And like our Heavenly Father, each of us, right, knows us each individually. We should seek to know each child's character, abilities, strengths, weaknesses, talents, and handicaps, and guide them accordingly on an individual basis. Hey, uh, you know, you say, well, how, you know, sometimes you might say, well, how come this brother got through this, or this brother got through that, or you look over, listen, he's treating us each as individuals, amen? He's treating us and using us as individuals, and that's how we need to be as fathers to our children on an individual basis. And as fathers, uh, we are to what? We are to encourage not discouraged. We're called there to be, hey, listen, nothing, nothing with being a, a strong father, nothing wrong with even with, with strong uh, discipline. But again, remember, you know, uh, uh, the Bible says speaking the truth in love. Let them see, uh, uh, let them see mate, the sternness, let them see the seriousness, but make sure that love, amen, and that concern for them gets through. And God gives us that admonition as fathers, Ephesians 6, 4. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. But bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Colossians 3, 2, and 1. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Now, let me say this. We don't want them discouraged. Now, if they get discouraged by proper instruction, that's them. And sometimes that will happen. They're not going to be discouraged because we discourage them, but because, uh, you know, we sort of lay down the law or, uh, you know, pull the reins back. We understand that but not having a spirit or an attitude that discourages them as a father. Why? Because we have a goal for our children, don't we? We have a goal for our children, and we see that. Why did he do this? Again, uh, verse 10, ye are witnesses, and God also, what? Holily and justly and unblameably we behaved ourselves among you that believe, right? You see how we behaved ourselves, and you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children. Why, why did we walk this way? Why did we treat you this way? Verse 12, here's our goal, that you would walk worthy of God, that you walk worthy of God. And no doubt, as a father, as a father, what was my goal? My goal as a father, that my children walk worthy of God. What should your goal be? Right? As a father, that your children would walk worthy of God. That ye would. We <laughs> would, right? <laughs> they, they, they would actually, like we said there, make it a daily part of their life, right? We have a goal for our children. Again, I use this verse all the time 3 John, verse 4. We have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Not just know the truth right? It's our job to give that instruction. We want them to know the truth, but we don't just want them to know it. Again, we want them to become an active part of their lives. We want them to walk in it. We want to live, right? That word walk means how you live or pass your time. We want our children to live in the truth. We want them to live based upon the precepts and principles of the Word of God. We want them to live based upon the instruction that we instilled to them and poured into their lives, right, as they were growing in our home. And may that ever be the desire of our heart. And, of course, that's the desire of your heart, whatever age and stage they are. Well, you know, we don't just say, well, well, 
18, you're on your own. <laughs> Have a nice life. Oh, no. Uh-uh. Now, our children, uh, they might like that, right? You know, like I said, when my children turned 18, they said, oh, I'm 18. Again, I said, hey, the only thing that means is if you do something stupid, you go to jail now instead of me. Amen. <laughs> I did like that part, right, that they'd go to jail instead of me. But listen, no, uh-uh. Listen, I guarantee you, you ask Sister Thomas, you know, don't go up and say, how old's your son? Say, Sister, how old's your baby? All right? That, listen, she worries about that. I guarantee you, if, he, if he's traveling, you better let me know when you get home. Listen, listen, I, w- when my mom was still alive and I was in my 40s, I mean, I'd travel uh, the world and been in all kinds of situations, and now I'm in America where it's supposed to be safer. And what would my mom say? Make sure you let me know when you get home. Make sure you let me know when you get home. Right. Mama is still mama, and dad is still dad, right? We may not show it as much as mama, but listen, uh, when that phone rings, they may be telling their mama that they're home safe, but dad's listening, right? He goes, whew just as much as mama does when he knows that uh, his son or his child is home safely. And so we have that desire. We never stop being that father or mother. Notice verse 9, what he said there as we uh, finish up. For you remember, brethren, notice this, these words, our labor and travail, our labor and travail. Now, usually when you think about that, right? We know what we know what women think of, right? They think about the day that baby was born when they think about labor and travail. And so, uh, notice that. And then it says, what else does it say there? Labor and travail for what? Laboring night and day. Laboring night and day. Think of that thought. Labor and travail. Laboring night and day. Now, of course, we realize if, if we're honest, men. The mothers do most of this labor and travail, right? Especially when they're little. But as, as they get older, right, we take on a lot of that responsibility. But fathers certainly have a big part, amen, as children grow. It's not easy. It's not easy. We know it's not easy being a mother. It's not easy being a father, amen, if we take the time to do it. There's going to be labor and travail. Our hearts get broken. Like they say, you know, you probably heard, heard the saying, when they're, when they're little, they step on your feet. When they get big, they step on your heart. And truly, uh, there's times that that happens. And so uh, it's not always easy. There's going to be labor and travail. But we know, amen, if we commit them to the Lord, it will be worth it. Being a father is not an easy task, but it is a privileged task. Amen. Wit and trade it uh, for nothing. I'm so thankful for God, amen, for the precious young ladies that call me father. As Paul said, we'll finish with this, as Paul said to them in verse 20, for ye are our glory and joy, for ye are our glory and joy. I'm sure, I'm sure we say this about our children. I'm sure we say this, I'm sure when we, every one of us think about our children, what do we think? Oh man, that's my glory and joy. That boy, he's my glory and joy. Those girls, whatever, they're my glory and joy. Of course, we say that, but you know what? We'd like them to be able to say it back. Amen. When I think of my dad, it brings glory and joy. Amen. It brings glory and joy because my dad instructed me. My dad, he walked holy and justly and unblamely. My dad, right? What did he do in my life? He exhorted me, he comforted me, and he charged me, amen, to do right in my life, amen, and to walk with God and be an example to others in my generation. So as fathers today, let us pray today and ask God to help us be the fathers he delights to enable us, he will enable us uh, to be.
So when we look and we see statements like this, you know, we say, as a father, we're thinking, well, then that means he, he that's what he, he just automatically expects. That's the way a father would do. That a father would exhort, that a father would comfort, that a father would charge, that a father, father would pity, that a father would discipline, right? That, you see, that's automatically, he could say that because that's just automatically what was expected as a father. So we need to look at the word of God and say, well, if this is expected with a father, how am I lining up as a father to be the father the word of God teaches me to be and God himself will enable to be as I trust him Amen. In the raising of my children. Let's pray.